DJ Blake back with another one. Right, yep. This is DJ Blake, and my next guest is an entrepreneur from our very own Emerald City. This woman is a hairstylist, model, mom, and so much more. She's in her very own lane and proves that being unique does pay off. It's my pleasure to introduce Catrice, the stylist. Welcome back, everyone. This is DJ Blake keeping you up to date with all the hottest hip-hop news and sneaker talk. And today I'm with a very special guest, Catrice. Yes. There we go. Yes. <laughs> Catrice. And then I like that you have poofy hair just like me. Yeah, and I you, mean, you know, there we go. curly hair people. And you're a hair stylist? or I am. That's awesome. And yes. a cosmet... I forget. Okay, just explain. So cosmetology <laughs> is what you go to school for, gotcha. but as a profession, I'm a hairstylist. Wow. Um, but I'm also a traveling hairstylist, so I um, work in L.A. as well. And um, I also model, hey. and then I sell hair to my clients. So I just I got a lot of stuff going on. That's pretty special. I don't know many ha- traveling hairstylists, you know? Yeah, it's something that I've been wanting to do for some years. And, um, you know, this year has kind of been just a lot of transitions and just me wanting to get out and do things that I've yes. been wanting to do. And so traveling, doing hair in different states is something I always wanted to do. So I made that happen this year. And um, I actually just came up on my eighth month that I've been, I go once a month. So um, I'm just proud of myself for sticking to my commitment. So um, I go every four weeks and I have my clients and I'm still building and networking out there. Um, But it's going good. Yeah. 2019 was the start for so many different things. Right, right. So how did you promote yourself to be able to go to different states to do hair? So... um, it was about 2012. Yeah. I went to Bronner Brothers Hair Show and I met this guy and he just was like, I don't know, his energy was just <laughs> everything. So yes. um, I was like, man, where do you do hair at? Like, what's your Instagram? I need to follow you. <laughs> so uh, mind you, this is back in 2012. So from then, he was a hairstylist working in somebody else's um, salon or whatever, mm-hmm. and I kept following him, and he was just a great hairstylist and always posted and stuff, and I was like, man, I need to post more like him, and his videos was always really good, his pictures was always really good, he was always really motivated and always just like, just somebody that you just need in your life, you know, yes. especially being an entrepreneur, he was just always so upbeat and uplifting, and you could just feel his energy through everything that he did. So um, like I just continued to follow him, and then he went from being a hairstylist um, in somebody else's place to owning his own salon, and uh, I just congratulated him, you know, through the screen on social media, and I also followed him on Facebook, too, and then he went on to own a barbershop hey. and then a natural um, hair salon, and so when I started on my little journey to want to... Um, go to LA and do hair, I reached out to him because I was like, you know, I always wanted to work with him in some type of way. And even though I'd never been to his salon, mm-hmm. because I followed him like so tough, I felt like yeah. I had been there, <laughs> you know? So I was like, if I go to a salon in LA, I got to be at his salon. So yeah. I reached out. I was like, hey, I don't know if you remember me. And he was like, yeah, I remember you. And I was like, yo, I'm trying to, you know, come out there and, you know, build up, build up my clientele. And so he told me what the daily rate and the weekly rate was. And um, I went out there and I told him, you know, if this works out, this is something I want to do every month. And so, um, like I said, I just came up on my eighth month in December. Um, I was there the 9th through the 12th and I'll be there again January 9th through the 12th. Yeah. 
So, um, wow. yeah, it's it's working out. So, and so this guy gave you like a part-time type job like once a month at a salon? Right. That's basically. interesting though. That's <laughs> dope. What? And, to find um, someone like Honestly, that? there's a lot of people that actually do it. There's um, a lady I met from St. Louis. Um, she goes back and forth. He has a few people from Atlanta that come out there and do hair for like a weekend. Like yeah. uh, It's actually more common than what I thought. Huh. You know? So, um, yeah, it's cool. So I'm meeting new people whether they're stylists or, you know, clients all the time. Right. And then the people who just live out there, um, just the culture is just so different. Mm-hmm. I I really enjoy being out there, especially the weather. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the weather. Yeah. Is it important to be different as a stylist or is it okay to like follow the same steps as another stylist? Um, I think, I mean, and not even just for being a, a, a stylist, but any type of artist, you mm-hmm. have to you know, have your own lane, your own style, your own, you know, you might execute the same style that another stylist is going to do it, but, um, you know, nobody's going to do it exactly the way that you do, or nobody can make that person feel exactly the way you feel. So every experience is going to be a customized experience, you know? So, um, you know, my look might resonate with another person who you know might want to get their hair done by me because maybe they want to wear their natural hair and they're maybe not as comfortable so i have clients who come to me who are in transition who are like you know i have naturally curly hair but i don't want to wear it because i don't know how to wear it Mm -hmm. so if you could like you know help me with you know maybe get me a weave and then we'll kind of work into me being more comfortable and wearing my natural hair so i have a lot of clients actually who are you know wanting to wear their natural hair but they're kind of just you know trying to ease their way into it you know so um yeah it's very um important for you to have your own style your own look yeah my first job ever was actually at a hair salon for real and um i'm sure they loved your hair (laughs) (laughs) yes Uh, yeah i think personality plays a lot into like finding actual customers to stay with you you know that's true because like i've had barbers where they're just like quiet the entire time others that talk a lot and i'm like okay i want to be with this guy but also it also comes down to like but sometimes i feel like i'm committed to a barber than if they're really nice and talking to me but are not the best barber because i feel like i've made a connection with them so i always feel bad going to different barbers or going to the same barber shop Mm -hmm. and but going to a different barber at the barber shop and the other guy's like right there i mean (laughs) it is what it is one thing that a barber told me is that person is not your client until they sit into your chair straight up you know so at the end of the day, it's your money. You're going to go yeah. to who you feel is going to serve you the best at that time. So, um, And I used to feel some type of way when my clients would go to other people. But at the same time, like, I'm not the owner of their head, you know? Like, <laughs> like, and I might can't do something as good as somebody else. And I'm completely fine with that. But it's also a growing... Um, it's yeah, just something you kind of grow into. Like I, d- I wasn't always the most talkative person being mm. a stylist. Like especially because I, I started when I was fourteen. Wait, so, what? Yeah, but back then I just like braided hair and things like yeah. that because that was when you know Alicia Keys was popping with her <laughs> braids coming to the front. Little Bow Wow, Iverson. That's yes. when I started working in a salon. So. Um, so yeah, nobody taught me like, oh yeah, when somebody gets to your chair, you have a conversation with them. I was just braiding their hair as fast as I can to get to the next head so I could make some more money. Yeah. So me like building relationships with my clients is something that literally had to grow on me. Mm-hmm. And um, that wasn't even really until I went to cosmetology school, which was in 2010 until 2011. Um, yeah, so... 
how do you decide to get into cosmetology? Is that like a hard school to get into or like how's that um, work out? So honestly, for a lot of people, they do it right after college. I mean, right after high school. Um, and some people even do it like while they're in high school, mm. um, kind of like a running start type of thing. Oh, wow. Um, but I wasn't sure that I wanted to do hair for the rest of my life. So when I graduated from high school, I, um, I went to college and then I got my degree in business administration. And then there was a recession in 2009. So I was like, okay, I might as well go back to school, but I don't want to get a master's and be even more in debt. Right. So I was like, okay, let me just go to cosmetology school since, you know, hair has always been a part of me. So I did that. And, um, once I graduated, I just built my clientele up even more and just took it really serious and went on to own salons and stuff like that so yeah wow are you from seattle originally right or i am yeah what yeah wow there's so many entrepreneurs in seattle yeah it's crazy it's a great place to be if you're an entrepreneur i think so did you get any inspirations from locals around seattle that made you want to be in hair like so the guy that you met at that party he was from seattle also or that you followed. You mean at the hair show? Yeah, hair show, my bad. Yeah, so the hair show is for um, pretty much people who do makeup, uh, mostly for hairstylists, um, barbers, um, but it's just like kind of like a beauty expo for um, pretty much like black hairstylists. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's in Atlanta. It happens every summer. Um, They have like really like fancy hair shows and like you're gonna see some stuff that you've never seen done with hair before (laughs) at their hair shows like so um yeah I would go I've been like probably like four years um but I mean you know kind of after you've been a few times it's like okay I could skip a few but um I'm kind of due to go to one so I'll probably go this summer right what's the difference between being like a black style hairstylist versus a white one is there stigma towards either type um I would say I felt like in when I was in cosmetology school, um, they really didn't touch on teaching us about African-American hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did have a black teacher or instructor. And um, so, like, you know, are you familiar with the hot comb? And What's that? <laughs> <laughs> so it's literally like a comb made out of metal and you use it to straighten out your hair. I've never straightened my hair, actually. Well, okay, but anyways, um, so it's a thing with black hair, okay? So if I didn't have her as a teacher, I probably wouldn't have had a class on that. So because, you know, in Seattle, it's predominantly white. So, you know, they catered more to um, styling white hair and things like that. And so I kind of had to learn how to manipulate and style Mm -hmm. um, just off my own experience and then kind of apply what I was learning at school to... um, my black clients, you know, right. so. Um, what is the majority was, of your clients? Are they white? Are they black? Um, I would say about 95 are black, 95%. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So do you promote most of your stuff online or? Yeah, um, mostly just on Instagram. I used to do Facebook and Instagram, but I found that people, like my new clients especially, find me more on Instagram from the hashtags and things yeah. like that. So at one time, I was posting a lot more consistently, and I was getting a lot more clients, and I'm mm-hmm. working my way back up into being more consistent with my posts. Um, but Instagram is a great way. Um, I mean, you know, always having a website and all that stuff is cool, too. Um, some people use Style Seed or, 
you know um they have other like booking apps for barbers and stuff like that so there's so many ways for somebody to find you yeah. when they're trying to get their hair done dude i feel like the hair world's just a whole nother lane honestly. it kind of <laughs> is it kind of is um for like, sure like i don't know anything about it i just know that hair's i think hair is important you know yeah. because it makes you unique and that's one reason why i grow out my hair mm -hmm. you don't why didn't why didn't you think that there's a lot of afros lately like why don't you see that I think people are more um, comfortable wearing natural hair now. Right. Um, like, I never thought to wear my natural hair up until kind of like two years ago. Like, I would only straighten my hair. I, I didn't have a relaxer, but hmm. I only liked my hair if it was straight. And so one day I was just like, you know what? Like, your hair is naturally curly. Like, you should make yourself wear your naturally curly hair because... Right why is it that you don't feel just as beautiful as you are with straight hair and you don't have naturally straight hair? So um, at first I literally hated my curly hair and I just made myself wear it and I would condition it and whatever else and just try to, you know, style it, make it look cute. Um, but now I love it. You know, I right. get up, I twist it up and put my little conditioner in it and I'm good to go. And, mm. you know, not only do I love it, but other people compliment yes. me on it like all the time, <laughs> you know. And so I know the struggle, you know, sometimes it, it is a journey, and especially for a woman, you know, with yeah. us, you know, wanting to feel like we kind of want to fit in. Um, but then we also want to, you know, attach ourselves to our true identity. Yeah. Um, but then not really knowing how if you didn't grow up being taught how to take care of your natural hair. Mm. So it's it's a lot that kind of goes into it. Right. Um, what do you think the biggest reason is for like black women not, not wanting to use their wear their natural hair? Um, I mean, it takes a lot more work for sure. Um, because when you're dealing with curls, you got to comb it out, you got to condition it, you got to moisturize mm -hmm. it. Um, you have to take your time. Um, with straight hair, you could just unwrap it and go, you know, if, if you are taking care of it. Right. Uh, or if you have a weave, you get up, curl it, straighten it, whatever you want to do to it, and mm -hmm. you're out the door. So for a lot of women, it's just um, more of a maintenance thing. Like it's easier for them to just mm -hmm. get up and go in the morning. Hmm. Um, but it can be damaging as well if if that's all you're doing is wearing weaves. So yeah. um, I definitely encourage all my clients to be natural, to stay natural. I try to encourage them to wear their natural hair, but you know Do some you, people's schedules just don't permit for them. Um, but you also have to want to, you know, because right. it does take time in the beginning. Like you're still learning what products work for your hair, and um, you know everybody has different hair textures, mm. so. One product may not work for somebody just as well as it worked for somebody else. So it's kind of a lot to kind of yeah, <laughs> take on yeah. um, wearing your natural hair. But it's a beautiful thing, you know, if it's something you want to experience. Do you think there's stigmas towards it, though? Do you think, like, if you're in, like, a predominantly white area, you're going to wear straight hair versus if you're, like, in Atlanta or something like that, you might wear your hair natural? Like, do you think it comes down to, like, the culture also? or? Uh, definitely it does because, you know, everybody kind of wants to fit in, especially at work, you know. So mm -hmm. if, you know, you might be the only black person in your department, then you're probably going to wear straight hair, at yeah. least maybe until you feel more comfortable to where you can, um, you know, wear your natural hair. And it's yeah. kind of That's messed up. like a mental kind of personal battle, you know, Yeah. Um, because it's like, okay, am I strong enough or confident enough to wear my natural hair in this setting where I'm the only one with natural mm -hmm. curly hair, you know? Um, and then, you know, I have a lot of executive clients who, you know, they meet with people um, and 
like I said, they're the only black person in the room, so yeah. they're not gonna go in there with their naturally curly yeah. hair, Here I am. fist pump. <laughs> you know, they're they're gonna go in there with their suit on, and they're you mm. know they might have a bob, and it's gonna be straight, maybe a little you know swoop to the side or something. But mm. yeah, their hair is gonna be straight, just so you know they're are they're already black when they walk into the room. Yeah. You know, so it's like okay, now I'm black and I have natural hair. You know, wow. so that's another thing. It's so weird. So though. yeah, but it's a thing though, and it's a thing that pretty much every black person has to deal with yeah. at some point in their life. Do you think there's appropriate hairstyles then for certain? places you go to um i mean it's messed up but the first thing i think about is like so say if a black woman is a lawyer Mm. i feel like i would respect her maybe a little bit more in some type of weird way i don't know if she has straight hair huh you know like i can't really imagine a black lawyer with natural hair and and it's kind of sick and twisted now that I'm thinking about it. But I mean, when you think of a lawyer, I just have a certain um, look in my mind, you know, like a certain perception of how I feel that they should look. Mm. So, so yeah, just think of how Dang. a black female lawyer must feel. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Um, or maybe even a doctor. You know, maybe doctors can get away with it a little bit more. But huh. yeah, just like those really professional professions, you know, where. You are going to be dealing with more white people on a daily basis. <laughs> the white people, it's not the customers. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> so, do clients usually come into you and they want to do naturally hair, like do natural hair, or do you also convince your clients to do natural hair, or is it more of them? Just I coming think into it's you? kind of a convincing. I think it's uh, something that grows on them. Um, because like it's a it's a major thing for some people you know like and some people who don't literally know how to do their hair at all that could be kind of like traumatic Mm. so i'm gonna go from having the straight hair which i could barely manage to having this curly hair that you know this is my naturally curly hair but i don't even know the first thing to do with it you know if, if you weren't taught how to comb your hair out and condition it and twist it up at night and then take it out and fluff it out in the morning to make it look good that could be kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, like I said, it's kind of like a mental battle because it's like, okay, yeah, it's scary, but I should be wearing my natural hair, so why don't I? But I don't because maybe I don't have the time or I'm not ready. So it's it's, it's a lot. It can be a lot. Yes. Is there a different, because I guess I'm starting to get into, like, hair products and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I've always used it, but, um, oh, I just started using... <laughs> Jamaican black castor oil for my hair. Okay. And I think it works pretty well. But um, I've been watching YouTube videos lately, mm-hmm. and I guess there's products that everyone uses that you're not supposed to, like the ingredients you're supposed to look at. Like, do you look at ingredients ever? Like, the only word I can remember is you're not supposed to use dimethicone in your hair or something like that. Yeah, because it's kind of like an alcohol um, or something like that. But... um. I would say if I only had a hair base where I dealt with people who had natural hair, I would mm-hmm. be more into all of that. But because yeah. I'm doing a little bit of everything, I have a little bit of products for different styles. Interesting. Um, so I'm not so, um, I guess, worked up about certain products and what's in gotcha. them. Okay. Because, yeah. So if... A white guy grows his hair like the same length as a white lady or like a black guy does the same thing as a black girl. 
Mm -hmm. Do you still use different hair products? <laughs> like other girl? Uh, I mean, it just depends on what hairstyle they're getting. So, I mean, for the, <laughs> for the most part, if I was doing a black guy's hair, he's going to be getting his hair twisted up um, or braided up. Uh, mm -hmm. It's going to be, you know, something. Um, and then if I was doing a white guy's hair, he might be getting braids too. Um, <laughs> what are your opinions on that? Like, do you, what are your opinions on cultural appropriation? Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't feel like it's a thing unless you make it a thing. Really? Um, huh. I mean, unless somebody's just <laughs> being like really ignorant or inappropriate about it, you know, but like, cause this, there was this girl, um, she was from Uzbekistan. And so she was telling me that she wanted to get some box braids, but she wanted to be culturally appropriate. And I'm like, girl, like a braid is a braid is a braid. Like if you want some box braids, put some braids in your hair. Like it's like kind of more of like the person. She was just like, well, I don't want to feel like I'm being offensive to black people because, you know, that's usually a style that, you know, your culture would wear. Huh. And I'm like, yeah, I understand that. But at the same time, like my culture wears two braids your culture could wear two braids. It's going to look a little different than the way that I would do it, but at the end of the day, it's two braids. Like, I don't know. It's just, I, I kind of get what she was getting at, but at the same time, if you're not, like, mocking us or, you know, mm. trying to, I guess, like, act black, like, or if it's the phase that you're <laughs> going through, but it's just a hairstyle that you want to wear, then, okay, wear the hairstyle and hmm. let it not be, like, so much of a culture appropriation thing or trying to be politically correct like gotcha yeah so growing up in like seattle because it's more of like a progressive area mm -hmm. do you do you personally even see like racism in seattle or do you think everyone kind of gets to get like works together well and then when you go out to like la or something like that you can like connect well with like white people asian people black people like it doesn't matter to you um so I would say it's more of a passive-aggressive type of racism. <laughs> like, you might not get the promotion that you want, even though you may deserve it or you, you know, put in the work mm -hmm. that you should. Um, and honestly, because I am a hairstylist, I know for sure that that happens because I have a lot of black professional um, clients who work for Microsoft and Amazon and their executives and directors and things like that. Um, so there's so many challenges that the black person in corporate America goes through, period. Um, so it is definitely alive, but it's a, a different monster in the Pacific Northwest. Northwest. Um, when I lived in Florida, which is where I went to college, um, oh. shout out to Bethune-Cookman University. Hey. Um, now, in Florida, they straight up will tell you straight to your face that you are an N-word, okay, with yeah. the E-R on the end. So, like, I was literally just on the side of the street one day waiting across the street, and they just yelled out, Ninger, you know? And I was yeah. just like, oh. like, I had never been called that, yeah. you know? So that was, like, something. That was the first and the last time. But um, down south is definitely more in your face. Up here, it's just passive aggressive, like you know, or we won't invite you to certain lunches, or you can't eat with us. Damn. No new kids, type of thing. <laughs> no new hmm. friends. But um, yeah. How have you personally broken out of those like stigmas or barriers that you might face? Man, being an entrepreneur, honestly, because you know I could dress the way I want. I could um, wear what I want. I got these gold crosses on my teeth. Oh, you wait, know, wait, wait, wait. like I'm just gonna stare at your teeth. Wow, wait, what the hell? 
So if I was in corporate America, you know, I couldn't do stuff like that or I would think twice before I did something like that God, you no, know I your teeth. Um, but because I work for myself nobody could fire me and there's so much power in that um, like I always push people who want to be an entrepreneur wow. like you need to do that you know because at the end of the day you're gonna build some type of client base and once you build that client base you can't fire anybody you can fire clients like I can yeah. fire somebody if I don't want to do their hair no more or if wow. they got a weird vibe or something like you know what I'm just not gonna do your hair no more but yeah, nobody could fire me. <laughs> and wow. that yeah, is, that's, that's the dope. dopest thing that entrepreneur could ever have in your life. And, you know, with all the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, that's worth it to me. Yeah. And I get to make my own schedule, you know, so I could, you know, be a mom the way that I want to be. I could pick up my children from school. Like, right. that is important to me. Right. So have you had, like, the nine-to-five job and then you were able to, like, slowly transition? Or was it, like, a full transition out of cosmetology school? Um, so I definitely have, um, I've worked at Walmart. Um, that definitely made me want to be an entrepreneur even more. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've worked at Costco. Oh man, you um, like those big branches, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but at Costco, I worked in the food court and that made me feel like I was working at a McDonald's or something like that. And that was right after college. So yeah. I just, I couldn't do it. Um, so I quit. I worked at Macy's for a little bit after college. Um, and that I kind of wanted to do for a little while because maybe I was thinking of getting into management. Right. But they let me go after the holidays. It was just a holiday job. Mm. Um, where else have I worked? I really haven't had too many <laughs> real jobs. That's so cool, uh, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I've also always done hair on the side, too, no matter what. Always. Right. Yeah, ever since I was 14. Um, That's what you have to do. You have to, like... You have to have a job you don't really like at first, but mm-hmm. continue your passion along the way, and then your passion outruns the job, kind of. Right, right. Yeah. And I always, you know, treated it like, you know, you do what you have to do so that you do what you want to do, you know, later. So, um, yeah, you just, yeah. you have to have those jobs sometimes to get you from A to B. And then, you know, once my business took off enough to where I could do it full time, that's what I did. Yeah, that's dope. That's actually, I'm still obsessed with your teeth. Wait, can I, <laughs> can I just look one more time? Wait, so what, is it just like, what? Are those stickers? Oh, or what, wait, what are they? They're, um, I mean, it's real gold, but they glue it on. Oh, um, I was thinking in my head that you like, it's like a, probably like a nail in it, and you drill a hole, and then you stick it in. That's what I thought was happening. No, a lot of people do ask me if they're permanent or ah. if I got <laughs> drilled. But no, it's, um, I don't know, some type of adhesive that they use. Um, shout out to Clutch Beauty. <laughs> what would happen but, if they accidentally uh, like turn it upside down? Like that would, because that's like. Well, you're gonna. They have you look in the mirror and all of that to see, you know, if you have it in the right position on your tooth and all of that before they actually like glue it on. I'm so excited for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) But Um, how do you show that off though? Because like, I don't, I don't know. Some people don't keep their mouths open super wide. It's not intentional. I've had it Uh since like February, so I kind of forget sometimes that it's there like because sometimes people see and they're like wait what's that (laughs) i'm like oh yeah it's a cross (laughs) what about when you're brushing your teeth does it like i brush just regular yeah wow what's the importance of being unique to you um man just uh accepting yourself for yourself uh, and being comfortable in your own skin and you know being comfortable with your flaws and um Allowing yourself, loving yourself and allowing yourself to grow. And I think that's kind of just something that is just, you know, going to be done throughout life. Um, It's kind of a forever thing. 
But um, uniqueness is a beautiful thing if you let yourself get to that point where you are um, grasping onto that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, some people's lifestyles or their life in the moment doesn't allow them to be unique, you know, because of... Because they're a lawyer, because they're a doctor, or... Don't some people like that, though? Not to, like Some people don't care about being unique, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like that's boring, though. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is some advice that you have for up-and-coming black entrepreneurs? Um, advice I would give to up-and-coming black entrepreneurs is support the other up-and-coming black entrepreneurs that are around you. And do it unapologetically, do it um, with a pure heart without, you know, expecting anything in return. Like, buy that person's product, you know, promote their stuff, like their stuff, watch their story. You know, send them in encouraging words sometimes because being an entrepreneur is hard. Like, Mm -hmm. every day is not, you know, happy-go-lucky and, you know, we don't just have thousands of dollars in the bank sometimes. Sometimes we're in a negative, but... (laughs) nobody knows that but us you know so um just support your fellow entrepreneurs because i mean everybody needs that no matter how high or how low you are in your business everybody needs that everybody needs support and i really don't think that people understand how far a like and a comment can go on social media like that is so annoying to me that so many people can like something or i have so many views on something or so many views on my story because everybody want to watch what i'm doing (laughs) but you won't comment on my picture like that is just so weird like if i have 100 likes i should have 100 comments (laughs) like because if i follow you i really follow you i'm gonna watch your story i'm gonna comment i'm gonna like your stuff you know like that's just how i am especially if you're an entrepreneur i'm just gonna share your stuff just because i want to support you in some type of way even if i don't buy your stuff you know i'll repost your business i'll repost your song i'll repost your poem your your bath salt whatever you're doing you know like i want to see everybody win and yes. i feel like that's how you win when you genuinely want to see other people win you know and i don't understand why other people are not like that like yeah. why especially if you're an entrepreneur like you should be over the top you know so i don't know but that's yeah what that's th- my advice that's some good advice actually <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're yeah. passionate about your advice, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I've been through it, man. I lived through yes. this, you know, but that's that's how I am. And um, I just wish that I had more support. Right. I wish I had the support that I showed to other people. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that I don't have support. Sh- shout out to the people who do support me. I love you guys. But um, I just feel like it should be so much more. I definitely get it. For you as long as I've been doing it mm-hmm. um, and who I am and, you know, how... I portray myself and just how, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, say that I'm just, just so high and mighty, but I just try really hard to be a good person and treat people hard. how I want to be treated. So I just feel like I should get more love. That's right. all. <laughs> What's the support system like in Seattle versus LA when it comes to like the hair, hair community? Man, um, I feel like it's way different. I feel like in LA, like I feel like here, I had to really like go out and search and, you know, kind of be more intentional about making connections, mm-hmm. which is all good. But in LA, I feel like they welcome me with open arms. It's just like, come here, girl. What you trying to do? <laughs> okay, I got you. You support me. I support you. Uh, I'm going to do the makeup. You do the hair. Like, it's just like, because 
the energy is different. In L.A., everybody's trying to do something, and they got a few different things that they're trying to do. You know, so, like, for example, um, there's a makeup artist that um, I reached out to. Her name is... Um, Kylie Jenner. <laughs> I wish. Um, J. Jules Beauty on Instagram. And I reached out to her, and um, I was just looking at her page, and I was like, man, okay, she's official. So I was like, okay, <laughs> she's somebody that I want to be a client. you know. So I reached out to her. We worked together. I did her hair. She had great energy. But this girl, she does makeup. She has a little um, a boot camp for working out that she does. Um, she does, like, hair with the makeup sometimes if that's what they need her to do. Um, she does, like, kind of interview like an online interview thing um she just got so much going on and the grind just does not stop and i love that and i just love to be around other people who are always you know doing something or progressively trying to you know you know find another bag you know like trying to get the bag by all means necessary you know like i admire that um so yeah, I mean, reaching out to her has opened up a lot of doors, um, and then just other people out there. Like I said, you know, everybody out there is trying to be somebody yes. on some type of level. Um, so it's easier to connect with people and get things done. I think. Yeah, you have to reach out to people. You can't just keep it all in. You know, some people like well, try yeah. to keep the secrets. Like, yeah. For music, especially the music community, people have in Seattle have tr- problems like connecting mm-hmm. and I guess that's all around the board though with every community in Seattle they're kind of like more closed off yeah but like even with hairstylists like I'm the hairstylist that will like I didn't used to be like this way because I felt like if I liked another hairstylist picture that maybe my clients would be like oh well maybe I should go to her yeah. instead of her but then I was like you know what if she did a good job on the girl's hair and it looks good I'm gonna like and comment like and if my clients go to them, okay, whatever. I don't, like I said, I don't own that person's head. So, you know, and there's enough money to go around for everybody. And when, if people realize that, that, you know, there's enough to go around for everybody, a whole lot of love would be given. People wouldn't be like hating on each other so much. But yeah, I definitely show other hairstylists love, especially now. Like, if I like what you're doing, I believe what you're doing, especially like the um, the younger generation of hairstylists that I see coming up. Mm-hmm. I like their stuff and what they're doing. I admire them too. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm all about the support. That's awesome. Yeah. What's your What are your opinions on people who like dye their hair like crazy colors, like neon green or pink or anything? Man, like I love it. Those are some of my best clients. You know, because <laughs> you walk in a room, everybody's looking at you, so they're gonna know who did your hair. And if I did it, that's just more money for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what are your opinions on black people dyeing their hair blonde? Like some like black activists are like, that's terrible to do that. So some people just think because a lot of black people go through that phase where they want to dye their top of their hair blonde. Yeah, um, I mean it just depends on you and your person. Like, I mean I can understand people being like, oh your hair isn't naturally blonde, blah blah blah. Okay, but there's a whole lot of things that people do to themselves that's not natural anymore you know like people get their nails done they get their eyebrows done um they get their hair done they get it straightened they get it colored um people get plastic surgery people Mm -hmm. get hair plugs you know like people have tattoos none of that stuff is things that you were born with so all of that is kind of self-expression of who you want to look like or how you want to look um so yeah it's not that serious to me (laughs) yeah i like it i think you have good morals about you don't really like mess with like the silly stuff that don't really matter. Yeah, because yeah. life is too short, man. Yeah, that's important to yeah. know. Life is too short. Yeah. So, what is 
the importance of hair in music and film because you see like every artist usually has their own hairdresser their own makeup artist same when it comes to like actors and all that um when it comes to the music industry and hair honestly i feel like i see a lot of the same stuff um there's a few different people you know like you know Nicki minaj she does more of like the different colors and stuff like mm-hmm. that um but she still has straight hair um janelle monet i'll give her more credit for her creativity with hair um but uh i can't really think of anybody else who's really um hmm. doing a lot of self-expression as far as hairstyles go uh, i feel like i'm looking over some people but yeah i can't think of anybody right now is it more important in film to have different hairs probably because like for like different actors or like what, who are they portraying in like a film or something like that probably then. right with film um you can get so much more creative because yeah dif- depending on you know what character um like okay for example um the grinch who stole christmas like the hair in that movie is like really dope to me because <laughs> you know like everybody's hair is like yes. up and it's like going around or it's up in a high you know ponytail and obviously it has like stuffing in it but it's like up on top of their head it's sticking out some of them have ringlets um i don't know it's just like movie hair is this different because you you have to go with whatever that theme is for that movie um or you know like movies like uh what was that movie with the blue people? Avatar. Yes. <laughs> the hair in that movie. Yes. The hair in that movie, you know, like trolls, you know, yeah. stuff like that, you know. Um, yeah. Cool hair. So it's definitely, I think it's a whole lot different for movies than it is for um, film. Yeah. I mean, for music videos. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I never really thought about that. I, I don't know, because like when I think of the first thing when I think of like a crazy hairstyle is when like. Macklemore had that like side cut and like everyone started doing that that's like, crazy to you no like when i think of like a like a trend <laughs> that got set for like, oh. hair. not crazy but i don't know like yeah it, it's different unique yeah, for sure that's yeah. weird though i you're right i don't really i can't be like oh that guy's hair is crazy in the music world huh yeah i like takashi 69 yeah but his is like a little too much. It's just like too different. Like you're trying too hard. To <laughs> that was um, the point. And now he's in jail. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Do you think hair can ruin an outfit? I think hair makes an outfit. Can it make? So it can make and ruin, or just make it? Do you think? Like, I can't. I can't see hair ruining an outfit unless you just didn't do your hair. Huh? Yeah. I don't. I feel like some outfits I wear look better when. I have braids in versus with an afro. I don't know. Like, is this even an afro really what I have? It's just, like, really long. I guess. Okay, so if I, <laughs> if I had to picture you in a suit, I guess I could picture you with your hair being out curly um, than you being in a suit with your hair braided. Well, I, is that, that's another thing. I feel like braids get a lot of stigma, too. When they I was, do. When I was told because of, of the media. Yeah. Yeah. When I was growing up, I was told I wasn't allowed to wear braids because it made me look ghetto in front of white people and stuff. Yeah, and that's so rude. <laughs> like, it's braids, you know? Yeah. Like, why is there so much pressure on a hairstyle? <laughs> um, like, my son, he has locks. And, hey. you know, a lot of people in the music industry who have locks, like um, T-Pain, um, Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. Uh, 
two chains. Uh, all that rhymes too. Um, <laughs> he but, little way you know, too. Like I just tie dollar sign. I just don't want him to feel like he has to act a certain way right. because yeah, I listen to those artists and all that, and they look a certain way, they dress a certain way, and I kind of see him kind of veering towards that. Um, but I just want him to know, like, yeah, just because your hair is like this, that doesn't mean that you have to act like this. Like, this is not even reality, mm-hmm. you know? So you be who you are. Um, right. So, yeah, in the especially in the music industry, hair plays a huge role with um, how people are identified or judged, you know, in society. And it's really sad. You know who does it? I just realized, The weekend, He's he does crazy stuff with his oh, hair. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, that whole... Yeah, <laughs> you had a disgusted look on your face, and you were really thinking about that. Yeah, I don't like his hair right for the now. Most part. What about right now? He has it like what is, he has a relaxer right now. Right? He has like he has that, a straight hair and that pedo mustache. No, yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't really rock with the weekends look. Um, <laughs> <laughs> his songs are all right, but I can't get with his style. <laughs> I, I bet you are the only one who touches your son's hair. Am I right? Or do I you... am. Yeah, that's dope though. Like, <laughs> is there anything that your son will, like, ask to do with his hair and you'll say no about? No about or? So he wants to color it blue. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> so I've been kind of trying to, like, veer off from that. Um, so, I mean, there's other options, though. You have, they have, like, hair chalk. So I could, you know, put that on his hair and turn it blue temporarily. Or I could, you know, spray it blue. Yeah. Um, I just haven't got around to doing that. Um, and I'm sure someday we'll get around to doing it, but yeah. yeah, he wants some blue hair. And so I said, okay, well maybe, you know, we'll color the tips or something like that. Right. Um, his dad is also a barber, so he's kind of surrounded so cool. in the hair industry in every way. That's so funny. Oh my <laughs> and then he himself is an artist. He loves to draw. Dang. So He's just surrounded by art at all times. That's awesome. Yeah. But That's I have two cool. other sons as well. Yay. Um, so my four-year-old Amir, he has a haircut. And then my two-year-old, I have recently just started kind of braiding his hair just because his afro is just getting kind of crazy. So, so. I was, when I was growing up, I was t- like, is, is, it a, is it just a myth that you're supposed to grow your hair out really long when you're younger, when you're black, and you're not supposed to cut it for a few years or something? Because when I was growing up, my dad wouldn't let me cut my hair or my um, brother. Well, how long did you keep the hair, though? Like, my brother had his hair until he was, like, three or four, I think. And okay. t- To the point that people used to think he was a girl. Mm. So I, it must have been pretty long. So um, their dad always said that he doesn't like to cut little boy's hair before they turn two because he feel like it messes up like their hair pattern or yeah, something like that's that. What, is that a real thing, do you think? I guess so. Um, I don't have a whole lot of experience with it, but... Interesting. Yeah, but that's... He's been a barber for, you know, as long as I've known him. We've yeah. going on 12, 13 years now, hey, so... That's awesome. Yeah. So, so what... What's the thing? <laughs> what made you decide that even though you're going to, like, L.A. like once a month, mm-hmm. is this... Is Seattle where you want to continue to call home, or do you want to move out to L.A.? The only way that I would move out to L.A. is if financially it's a great opportunity for me. Like, Mm -hmm. I would have to be able to live in L.A. and be comfortable and still be able to, um, and I may have to move my children out there with me, so Mm -hmm. I would have to be 
making a considerable amount yeah. of money to do that um, because my whole village is here like my mom is here uh, my dad lives here my cousin my sister um like my the whole side of my family is here so mm-hmm. uh, like i may even have to move some family members out with me if i were to move there so right. there's a lot to think about but um i'm open to it you know like i said right. if the right possibility or right opportunity opens up um for sure um, but Seattle is a great place to raise children. Um, LA is great um, as far as the industry. Um, and I would definitely be living there right now if I didn't have children. But <laughs> <laughs> um, because I do and, you know, I was raised here, I feel like I want to raise my children here too. Right. Yeah. What are your opinions on people who only do one customer's hair? Like, You know how, like I said, like artists sometimes take on like a hairdresser or something like that. Mm -hmm. Some people say like they hate that idea of just cutting one person's hair for like the rest of their career. I mean, if the money is right, I can get with (laughs) it, honestly. Um, And I would love that because that would take the pressure off me from having to service so many people. But at the same time, if if you only have that one client, they're going to demand so much more of your time. So... I've also thought about, like, I would need some type of balance because I don't want them to be paying me so much money that I don't have control over my schedule anymore. Right. You know? So, um, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Like, I wouldn't mind only doing hair for one person, but I still need to have a work-family-life balance. It's a give and a take. For my sanity. Yeah. Yeah, that makes (laughs) sense. Well, Catrice, what are some final advice that you have for the overall Seattle area? Um, Final advice for overall Seattle is we just need to show each other more love, you know, just um, just be more, um, I guess maybe more outgoing in a way, just more Mm. warm to people. Um, Smile a little bit more, be more inviting, be more approachable. Um, That's important to be approachable. So, yeah, I would say that to Seattle just in general because Seattle just, we kind of do have a stigma about us that we don't, I don't know if it's the weather. I mean, it could be the weather, you know. A lot of people are kind of depressed out here and maybe they feel, you know, kind of alone. Um, But we kind of got to get out of our own thoughts and really get into reality and, and make our own reality, you know. That's true. So, yeah, that's my advice. <laughs> what are some final words you have for Seattle? Final words? Like anything you want to promote? Well, I do want to promote my uh, my friend's uh, shirt business, hey. Teak Punch. We go back to uh, middle school, actually, Nelson Middle School, high school. Um, I used to braid her hair, all that. So, um, like I said, I'm all about the support. So I was like, you know, I should wear her uh, sweater today. So that's hey. what I'm doing. <laughs> So shout out to Teak Punch, Punch Wave, all the waves. Yes. (laughs) So what is the easiest way to reach you? Um, The easiest way to reach me is on Instagram. Um, So at Catrice the Stylist. So K-A-T-R-E-S-S-E underscore the underscore stylist. Um, Or my cell phone, (laughs) 206-854-6904. There we go. This is DJ Blake and Catrice. Yes. Or do you go by like, do you have like a, 
I don't think hairstylists need like stage names, really. I mean, you know, but I want one. I feel like it would be so cool. I just haven't thought of one yet. <laughs> let's just let's just go with Catrice the stylist for right now. Yes, okay. we're gonna go with that. This is DJ Blake and Catrice the stylist. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> DJ. Bl-